This is a podcast from Rover. First rule of Bite Club is you do talk about Bite Club. So good to have this man on. His name is Paul Templar. We have talked, it's incredible, it's like meeting your hero. We've talked about this story because it's an incredible story on the show, Bryson Mills, for so long. Yes. Uh, this particular story about Paul and his uh, <laughs> encounter with a hippopotamus, amongst other things. Paul, a very good morning to you. Thank you for joining us wow. on the show. Excellent. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, um, I mean, we're only nearly 30 years late to have you on, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, that sums up our show really well, Paul. You are a man yeah. who survived being swallowed by a hippo and ripped apart. I mean, let's go back to 1996. How did it happen and what unfolded, mm. Paul? It's so good to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Um it, it it was it was a while ago, and uh, but it was a memorable day, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I remember waking up. It it was just. It, I, it, people say it was just another day. It wasn't just another day. Um, I was supposed to be. Uh, there was some lion that had been making a nuisance of themselves and were eating some of the local villages. And I was supposed to be going on a, a problem animal control lion hunt. And whereabouts were you exactly? The, Sorry. In Zimbabwe, yeah. near Victoria Fall. Yeah. 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 But things went went a little sideways with that. And then one of my mates was supposed to be leading a canoe safari, um, but he had come down with malaria. So they needed a guide. So I stepped in uh, canoeing on the Zambezi River, had been doing it for years, loved it. Um, one of the most spectacular ways to spend an afternoon was what I'd been asked to do. It was, we used to call it the Royal Drift. And we'd have these little Canadian style canoes. We'd have three people in them, one in the front, one in the middle, and then a guide at the back paddling. Client's job was kick back, relax, and have a few cocktails and just wow. enjoy. Life was good. And um, so I went and I led the safari. And the clients, I had a couple of folks from Germany and some folks from France. There were three canoes, the three guides. And then um, I had a safety kayaker with us, uh, a mate of mine, Mac. Anyway, life was good. We were paddling down the river. We came across a part of the hippos. And, um, you know, there's always someone in a group who has watched National Geographic or has read a few fun facts about hippos. And one of them said, hey, is it true hippos kill more people every year than any other animal? So we went through that story and I said, yeah, but we're going to try and avoid that today. So follow me. And my plan was to go safely past the hippos follow some shallow water. And my plan was working pretty well. Um, right up until I just heard this like sound of like, well, I knew what it was. I'd been guiding for about six years at this point. I turned just in time to see one of the canoes. The back must have been about, I don't know, five foot out of the water. Oh. The guide in the back who was paddling had been catapulted through the air. And there was this big old freaking hippo um, who had hit the canoe. Um, not good. Not good. Mm. 
So you uh, instantly panicking when you see that. You're like, uh-oh. Yeah. Someone's flying in the air. Mm. There's a huge hippo out. Here they are. I mean, what's going through your mind at that point? And then, and then is it that hippo that comes and gets you? At, at, at that point, actually, I was a little bit confused. Um, it wasn't my first rodeo, so it had a few run-ins with hippos. So I wouldn't say I was calm, but I wasn't freaked out and panicking. Um, confusion came from, I could see there was this female hippo in a calf um, just downstream of where this had happened. So the guy who had been knocked, his name was Evans, who had been knocked out of the canoe, was drifting down towards this female in a calf. That's not good. No. Uh, this stretch of river is full of very big crocodiles. That's not good. Mm. And there was a pot of hippo sitting there. That's not good. <laughs> and I didn't really have time to drop my clients off and go for a plan. So I yelled at the other guide, um, okay, get everyone to the rocks to safety because the canoe that had been hit was still upright. And I needed to go and get the guy um, who's drifting towards the hippos out and um, turn my boat around and I was making pretty good progress um, right up until that point where I saw, if you guys have seen any of those old movies where like a torpedo is going towards a boat oh. and you can see the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I see that coming towards me at high speed, and I'm like, oh, not good. Um, but fortunately, I, I had learned that if you slap the blade of a paddle on the water flat, a percussion usually turns whatever it is that's charging you away. So I did that, and fortunately, the hippo had read the same book. And the wave dissipated, bumped against the canoe, but no sign of hippo. Lent over, put my attention on Evans, the guy who was in the water, who was freaking out a little bit. And it was almost like one of those made for Hollywood moments. I'm leaning over as far as I can. He's stretching as far as he can. Our fingers almost touch. And then I, I really didn't see anything. Just all of a sudden, everything went dark. And there was this incredible pressure crushing down on my lower back. And my arms were pinned to my sides. And I could feel the water. I could feel I was wet on my legs. But from my waist up, I wasn't wet, but I wasn't dry either. And in very slow motion, it was like, oh, no. Um, I knew this wasn't good. Um, in my mind, I was like, Crikey, I'm up to my waist, either down a hippo or a croc's throat. But either way, this is not good. <laughs> you're, you're down the throat, and it was a hippo. You're down the throat of a hippo. Yeah. And I figured that out because I managed to get one hand free and feeling around, I felt the bristles on his snout. So that was that thought. It was like, oh weirdly, God. I was like, phew. Because I figured that way I had a little more of a chance. I'm like, I'm up to my freaking waist on a hippo's throat. So you're hanging out its mouth? Head first up to my waist, yeah. <laughs> Hold there, mate. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back. We'll come about, back. Hold there, buddy. Play some ads. You're inside the throat of a hippo. Halfway. Halfway. 
Do you manage to get out? How? Well, I think the good news is I was quite a big guy, like 200 pounds, and I was wedged so far down his throat, I'm thinking it was kind of uncomfortable. And start. So I managed to like wiggle, grab a hold of the tusks, pull myself out, and come to the surface. And I come face to face with the guy who I'm trying to rescue. I'm like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. So I turn and I start swimming away. And my spidey senses kick in. They're like, this is not good. I turn and I look. The guy who I was trying to rescue wasn't going anywhere. He was just there. His eyes were like saucers. He's like struggling to stay afloat. So I'm like, crap. Sorry, I'm cracking. So I got to like turn around and swim back and just moving in for the classic lifesavers halt, like trying to get a hold of him, rescue him. When once again, I'm up to my waist on the hippo's throat. The freaking hippo came back and hit me again. This time I'm feet first up to my waist down his throat. So I'm like, oh, here we go again. So fortunately I had a 357 Magnum revolver with me just in case something like this happened. Um, The unfortunate part was I couldn't get a hold of it because the hippo was just thrashing me around. Um, All I really managed to do in that phase of the attack was to avoid drowning. Yeah. Anyway, uncomfortable. Hippo spits me out again. Come to the surface, look around. There's no sign of the bloke I was trying to rescue. And now I'm like, I got to get the heck out of here. And I'm doing pretty well. I'm swimming towards the rock that the clients are on. I can see it. It's relative safety. And I'm midway through a stroke. I'm swimming freestyle like the best of them. Look under my arm, and here he comes again. Freaking mouth wide open, zeroes in and scores a direct hit. This time his tusks go through my chest and my stomach. And now I'm in the hippo's mouth again, like feet out of one side of his mouth, arms, head and shoulders outside the other. And now it's getting out of hand. Hold there. We'll come back. (laughs) Paul, hold there. We'll come back. Come back, mate. Here we go. Its tusks are through your chest yes. and so, your back and your legs are hanging out. So you must be a lot of blood at this point, Paul. And then what happened? There is. Now, fortunately for me, I don't know if it was guy training, if it was military training, if just I was lucky, but things were slowing down. So I figured out at this stage that fighting the hippo wasn't doing me a lot of good. Um so now I was hanging in there. So I figured if I held on to the tusk that was boring through me, then my flesh didn't all tear so much when he shook me about. And if I held my breath when we were underwater, that worked pretty well. And then I could suck in air when we went to the surface. So this carried on for a while. And how, how, uh, long? how long are you in the yeah. in this thing's yeah. its teeth is inside you and bring you in and down from, out of water? Turned out from soup to nuts. Um, the the attack took about three and a half minutes. The that's whole a thing, long yeah. time. Uh, man. Oh, far out. Ooh, that's, that's a, a long, that's scary. A long if you really think about that, yeah, three, yeah, yeah. That's uh, and so did it spit you out in the end? It did. It spit me out, but it not it. Yeah, yeah. It 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 did end up spitting me out. It did end up spitting me out. Um, 
And the last time it spit me out, my mate Mac, who was the safety kayaker, just incredible courage. He risked his life, man. He paddled in. I was able to grab a hold of the handle on the front of his little kayak. And um, he dragged me into relative safety. What a day. Which relative safety? I say relative because it's a pile of rocks in the middle of the Zambezi. We're down to two paddles. No, one paddle, two canoes, a kayak, no first aid kit, no gun, rivers full of crocodiles, hippos still sitting there, one guy missing. So it was a bad afternoon. Paul, you are the exact dictionary definition of up shit creek without a paddle. (laughs) The definition. Like the definition. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I ask, people mm. want to know, what happened to the guy? Uh, Evan, was it? Evans. Evan. Evans. Evans. Yeah, they found his body about three days after the oh, attack. No. Uh, there wasn't a scratch on him. He had drowned. Oh, oh right. And wow. you you managed to, I mean, I know that we could be talking to you all day about this, Paul, but uh, so long story short, you're on these rocks with all the, the, so, the, the, the survivors. And uh-huh. what sort of state are you in and, and what ended up happening to you? Okay, real quick. So I was not doing so well. I tried to get them to calm down. Yeah. Um, they weren't really buying into that so much. Um, so let's see. Um, hole through foot, tusks had gone through foot, bottom of left leg barely still attached. Uh, turns out 38 major bite wounds. Left arm, elbow down, degloved, crushed to a pulp, elbow up, crushed. We actually just like buttoned that up to try and keep it all attached. Um, tusks, big, ass, big tusks through both shoulders, both arms barely attached. Tension pneumothorax, lung punctured. Um, head open, neck open, back open. And then a couple of kebab type injuries, but fortunately, only one major organ, one lung. Um, Incredible. So we did some MacGyver first aid, yeah. tore up um, some shirts, and used some saran wrap to seal the punctured lung. And um, all told, from attack to when I got to a surgeon was probably about eight nine hours. Oh my um, god, Paul. But we got a medical crew about an hour after the attack that stabilized me and um, were able to get me to hospital. And what limb did you lose? Um, I actually didn't end up losing. They sealed everything up and turns out it still works. (laughs) Have you been on the Zambezi since? I did, actually. The Zambezi had never been canoed, sourced to sea up to that point. So about two years later, I put a team together. They built me a kayak paddle so I could paddle with one arm. <laughs> and I led a three-month expedition at the time, which was the fullest sourced to sea trip. With the greatest respect, because this is such mm. a good story, a harrowing story, Paul Temple with us, yeah. survived the Hoboa attack in 1996, three different attacks. Has anyone ever thought it was a funny joke and bought you hungry hippos? Okay. <laughs> Actually, yep, and my kids think that's hysterical. And oh, yeah, wow, 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 yeah, wow, Paul. 
Oh, oh man, what a yarn! Thank you so much yeah, for telling us Paul. that incredible story. We've talked about it for years, and we to have, actually yeah. have you on the show is is amazing. What an what a what a battler you, you are. are! You're incredible, Paul. You're, you're in our bike club too, Paul. By yeah. the way, we, <laughs> yeah. we just started a bike club. <laughs> yeah, you're the leader, man. <laughs> you're you're in there. You're the, you're the president. You're the president. You're the president. You might be hard to beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, thanks for inviting me to to have a conversation. Eh? No, I appreciate uh, Paul it, man. Paul Templar, thank you so much for Thank your time. you, mate. Thank Amazing. you, sir.